Welcome to Fresh Take, your favorite weekly podcast that delivers a healthy dose of information pertaining to healthy lifestyles, organic and sustainable agriculture, and numerous topics related to the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Our industry experts are here to provide you with a fresh take on topics that can help you optimize your lifestyle and well-being. Fresh Tag. I'm your host, Jessica Stipe, and today we'll be discussing edible landscaping for North Central Florida. I have a very special guest here with me today, who is Ryan Brouillard. He's the former owner of a landscaping company, and now he is the Senior Certification Manager for Quality Certification Services. Welcome, Ryan. Hi, how's it going today? Very good. Thank you for being here with us. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Well, Ryan, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Great, great. As Jessica said, I'm the Senior Certification Manager at Quality Certification Services. We certify organic farms, processing facilities, and livestock operations. I've worked here for about 11 years. And before that, I was uh, work, worked in the landscape industry. You know, a lot of what I do, or what I enjoy to do, is, is outdoors, and uh, landscaping was always a uh, activity I, I really enjoyed. So I guess I got my start working in the landscape industry when I was in high school. I always had jobs during the summer working uh, for different companies, mowing grass and you know doing conventional uh, like ornamental uh, plant in- installations, uh, landscape installations, things of that nature. And then over time, I moved up to Gainesville to go to college and uh, had always been interested in uh, different environmental issues and was studying journalism at the time and I uh, was studying uh, environmental uh, science uh, as a minor. And uh, just so just always being interested in, in uh, protecting the environment and loving the outdoors, landscaping was always a, a good activity that, that I was able to do to make money. But I was able to uh, also kind of create a niche for myself where I kind of adapted kind of what was coming up in my, in my mind where we could maybe alter the way we look at how, you know, landscapes are, are designed and, and uh, utilized to maybe get more function out of them, um, not just the, the conventional aspect of, of landscaping, but also maybe get food quality out of them as well. And so that's what kind of led you into doing the edible landscapes? Correct. Wonderful. When I was at the University of Florida, I had somebody loan a book to me called the Permaculture Design Manual. It's a really thick book. It was written by Bill Mollison. He was an Australian who developed permaculture, which uh, stands for permanent culture. Okay. And it's a design strategy for implementing uh, sustainable and regenerative uh, human environments. And one of the tenets of of that concept is, is edible landscaping. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So when you think about edible landscaping, I mean, a lot of people probably think about, oh, you know, planting a citrus tree or, you know, maybe like a little small garden section in their backyard. But just in in talking to you and seeing some of the work you've done, I see it goes far beyond that into what you can do with your landscape. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about like the options that they have and how they can really produce a lot of food mm-hmm. and have a beautiful yard in the process. Yeah, I mean, obviously, most people are familiar with vegetable gardening, uh, mainly right. it's a- a- using annuals, but that is something you have to redo over and over, especially during the seasons. Right. Uh, whereas edible landscaping is more focused on u- the use of perennials, plants that grow for several years or even decades, you know, depending right. on, on what species you plant. With edible landscaping, you can use the plants that have edible features to replace just about everything in the landscape that would traditionally be filled by an ornamental. So you can, That's there are many cool. of them have ornamental qualities, but there's also 
the dynamic of you know being able to get either an herb or, or a fruit or perennial vegetable. Right. That's really cool. Like I said, to have something that will continue to produce year after year is an amazing thing to have. And then also just the quality that it brings, like I said, that you're growing your own food. That's that's really neat. I think people don't always realize there's just something special about growing something and harvesting it and then being able to eat it and enjoy it. If you've never done it, I guess you, you wouldn't understand it, but yeah. I really enjoy growing my own food. Right. And I think that's where the... Uh, the big change in my life came. Like I said, I had always enjoyed being outside and I had always worked with my hands doing doing landscaping. But when I moved to Gainesville and moved into a house with some of my friends, we inherited a vegetable garden and uh, several fruit trees. And I, I felt obligated to sort of keep it going. And that's where it just clicked for me. This is like my passion. That's so neat. It's very beneficial and rewarding to be able to put a lot of your hard work into something and then be able to harvest it freshly right out of the soil, you know, you know, an hour before or so. Absolutely. And then too, Ryan, I'm sure there has to be some type of benefit factor when it comes to real estate in mm-hmm. doing this. Correct. Especially in, in suburban areas and urban areas. And um, land is pretty expensive. So we, we, we make this investment, but then we also have the, the investment of having to maintain it. And most of the time, you're, it's an energy drain. You're putting time, you know, your effort to mow, mow the lawn, fertilize the lawn, right. the money to, to pay for the water, to water the lawn. But all you really get back from it is, is the ornamental quality, the aesthetic quality. Whereas with an edible landscape, your, your sweat equity and maybe your uh, upfront investment has a yield that, that gets returned um, with, with the, the harvest. So. Right. And a lot of the watering and the fertilizing that people do really damages the environment as well, which is the... The negative things that come along with that, depending on what type of fertilizer they use and how much they're watering, can really make a negative impact. Correct. Yeah, and in Florida, especially, we have really sandy soil, and yes. we have we have an aquifer below us, so all the all the fertilizer can really damage the water quality. So, in doing this, do you see? I mean, I, I know that you've done this time and time again, probably in your own business when you were doing the landscaping mm-hmm. company. You know, are people really able to yield like a nice crop or I mean, I guess it wouldn't be a crop, but to really get back like enough food to really have to enjoy for meals and to share with family members? I mean, can you do a lot with a yard depending yeah. on the space? Yeah, you, you kind of plan for over time, you know, right. some some fruit trees that don't tend to fruit for three to five years, yeah, sometimes right. seven years or so. But um, you can also plan for the space around them and you can plant things that yield sooner. If I wanted to do that, if I wanted to get into it and say, okay, you know what, my yard is a pretty, it's, it's a blank slate, you know, mm-hmm. all I have is grass, you know, what process would I need to go through? What, what are the steps that I would need to take? And what are some examples of things that I could plant, you know, right away that I could get a return for in a, in a couple of months versus a couple of years? Well, one of the, the methods that we used to use when, when I was doing it and the way I still sort of start, start perennial gardens is to smother the grass in the area that you want to plant a garden. Okay. Um, we would create mulch beds. Okay. So we, the way we would do it was we would uh, get corrugated cardboard and use it to cover the grass layer and, and cover it with uh, thick layers of mulch. Okay. And uh, the mulch was usually pretty obtainable. There's lots of Tree, comp- tree trimming companies that are right. willing to uh, dump mulch off for free. They're always looking for places to, to, dump, it. to dump it because it costs them money to remove it. So mulch in Florida is really beneficial because it, it holds in water and it, it helps build organic matter. We have really sandy soil here. Right. So the mulch over time helps to, uh, the first step is it smothers the grass and kills the grass. But over time, it also turns into organic matter and you just keep layering it over time. And then after that, there's different niches in the, the space in, in your, your yard. There's there's trees that fill the upper canopy layer, the taller trees, and you can plant more uh, shrub-like plants. And 
below that there's things that are like uh, lower shrubs right and each one of those can be you know fulfilled with it with edible plants so large trees uh, we could you could plant uh, Asian pears they oh, grow yes. re really well around here in my experience apples don't really grow well in Florida. No. Um, a lot of the a lot of the books say that uh, apples can grow here. There's some low chill varieties. In my experience, they don't do well here at all. Right. But there's some Asian pears that grow especially well. It takes about five to seven years to get fruit from them, but over time they yield every year. And I can imagine. I mean, clearly doing all of this with all the different colors that complement each other and just seeing your food grow is beautiful. But I imagine it's pretty fragrant too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so there's many aspects that people can enjoy. And as you were saying before, I mean, to do this, is once you get everything started, it's pretty low maintenance. Yeah, I mean, over time, the mulch does start to degrade and you have to maybe add more mulch. Weeding, since, you know, it's probably not a good idea to use herbicides. Right. You'd have to go out and spend some time, you know, pulling weeds just like any other garden. But if you take out a good majority of your, of your grass, then there's less mowing to do. If I wanted to get started in doing this, is there a time of year that's, that's better than the other to start this process? Yeah, well, if you're going to plant perennial fruit trees and other perennials in general, it's probably better to do it in the fall or in the wintertime. Okay. The, the heat and the sun are less intense at that time of the year. So if you plant in the, at those times, it gives the plant a, a time to establish their root system and get some roots growing and establish before spring and summer come because then they'll be able to hydrate themselves better and they won't have to work so hard to prevent against dehydration. That makes a lot of sense. And I know, Ryan, for a lot of our listeners, you know, some people are blessed and fortunate to have very large yards and large landscapes to fill. And some people have, you know, they, they live more in the suburban communities and they have a smaller patch of lawn. What can they do if, if they don't, if, you know, they don't have the space to be able to plant the fruit trees and larger varieties of plants? What can they do? It's all kinds of different methods. You know, people with just a balcony can grow in pots. You know, right. you can do ver vertical uh, Pot, pot systems, Some people with smaller courtyards or smaller yards. You can use uh, trellises where you can grow you know, vines on trellises. You can even take have small fruit trees that you use a, what's called an espalier. It's a, it's a French word where you're right. pruning the trees small on more of, uh, against a wall. Okay, and, um, I've seen that. Yeah, there's really cool concepts of with, with citrus where they call them cocktail trees. So you, are, you don't really need to have five or six different trees. There's maybe five or six varieties grafted onto one tree. Okay. So you might have one small citrus tree that produces grapefruit, tangerine, orange, and kumquat all on the same tree. So you have get, you get a little... Kumquats, right? I, I sure do. Uh -huh. Yes. I remember seeing a nice, beautiful basket put together by you and your family <laughs> around Christmas time last year that um, had a lot of beautiful kumquats in mm -hmm. it. Yeah. One of the first trees I planted on my property is a, called the Miwa kumquat, and I think there's three or four different varieties. In my opinion, it's the, it's the most flavorful variety. Absolutely. I got to partake in one of those and it was amazing. <laughs> it was great. So if you could give just like some different varieties of or, or examples of varieties of things that people can plant right now at mm -hmm. uh, this time of year, that would, that would be good, that would produce, you know, a high yield. What would you suggest to plant right now? Okay. Like I said, we're moving in towards, you towards know, the fall, towards the end of right. the year, so it's a good time to plant fruit trees. Okay. Um, especially things that are that go dormant; they're right. going to drop their leaves anyway. Right. Uh, so, like I said, the Asian pears I think do well in this area. Fig trees. Figs, right? Figs okay. do really well in this area. I will say, 
you have to place figs very carefully. They don't do well in open spaces in sandy soil. They get affected by root knot nematodes, which uh, are, have a negative impact on the, the health of the plant. But I see them do really well near concrete walkways or concrete foundations or places where you've really built up the organic matter to help pr- to prevent the nematode infestations. So you really got to be careful where you plant your fig trees. But in the places where they're planted in the right place, they produce really they well. They produce really well. Yeah. Another thing that grows well are peach trees that were developed by the University of Florida. Really? Um, yeah, they, they've developed uh, low-chill requirement peaches. And okay. I think they have about five or six different varieties they've de- developed for. We're in the USDA hardiness zone 9A. Okay. And so you have to, have, you have to choose the tree that you know, it's correct for our hardiness zone so they get the right chill requirement. And UF has a number of different ones. There's one called Florida Prince, UF Beauty, Tropic Beauty. There's one called UF 2000. So there are a lot of different types of varieties. One of the things that I think people often think about just because it's Florida, you know, you think Florida, you think oranges, grapefruits, lemons, you know, that type of thing, but people don't really understand that there are a lot of other things that will produce well here in Florida. So that's good to know that peaches, figs, pears, um, kumquats, there's there's a lot of different things that people can can plant. And I also know, you know, just off of experience and speaking with you that you, outside of doing the the citrus trees, you also uh, do a lot with mushrooms as well. I do, yeah. When, When we had our edible landscape business, we wanted to be able to market our business. And we thought one of the groups of people that might want to you know, hire us for our services would be people who shop at the farmer's market. So right. we started going to farmer's markets to advertise our business. But then we thought, well, we should probably get paid for our time while we're there. So we Absolutely. started, we started a, a side project growing shiitake mushrooms where we would use uh, local oak trees and to, to produce shiitake mushrooms. And so that kind of turned into a business on its own. And I, I still uh, continue that project to this day. I have about 400 or so oh, wow. shiitake logs that, that grow in from about November to uh, May or so. And you're still at the markets? Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, I think we both share a common passion for the farmer's markets, just mm-hmm. the experience and being out. And one of the things, too, that I think a lot of people don't realize, if they were to convert their landscapes to edible landscapes, not only does it give you something great that you can grow and eat and enjoy, but it kind of gives you the opportunity to share with your family, and it gives a little bit of an opportunity for bartering. And yes. I'm sure you probably see a lot of people out of the markets that, that do this, that they grow mm-hmm. if they don't have a farm that they just grow right there in their backyard, I'm sure. Definitely, yeah. My wife and I have been growing food in our yard for about 15 years or so, and and we're, we always like to be able to bring in fruit food that we've grown that we have a surplus of to our coworkers or friends we share. share. Uh, we have a huge loquat tree in our property. It's uh, so has a really good fruit on it that we like to share the fruit with. But she also makes jams and jellies, and we give that nice. we give to people you know, as gifts for birthdays and Christmas and things like that. So yeah, it feels really good to be able to grow your own food and then share the bounty with, with your friends and neighbors. Absolutely, Ryan. Christmas is coming up, hint, hint. <laughs> well, I thank you so much for being here. Like I said, you've got a great deal of knowledge on this. And I think that, you know, you bring a lot to the table for quality certification services, just because the background that you already have in landscaping and in the industry and just the knowledge that you have of growing and planting on your own personal level and now being involved in the industry that, you know, where we actually certify farms to grow, you know, citrus and and other fruits and vegetables. So I I think that it really has brought a lot to the table with you having the knowledge that you have. Mm -hmm. And I definitely thank you for being here today and sharing your knowledge with our guests. It's been great. Yeah, I'd love to be able to to share this information. It's a really beautiful thing to see people 
get into growing gardens and it just get out in nature, uh, reconnect with with their food. That's the biggest thing I think is reconnecting with your food sources. You know, people get so caught up in the just, you know, run to the grocery store, get what you need, go home, cook it, prepare it. And they don't really get the, the enjoyment out of it that, mm-hmm. you know, there's just something special about putting your hands in the dirt and nurturing what you're growing and seeing it, you know, go from a little tiny plant or a little seedling and really grow and take off. And then you harvest it and then to eat something that you grew, that you you took time to nurture. I don't know. I kind of form an attachment sometimes, yeah. you know. I mean, I love to get out and water and weed and just look at how the plant is growing. And then for whatever reason, you know, maybe it's just me, but it, it always tastes better. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. <laughs> I tend to agree. Yes. Well, again, Ryan, I thank you so much for being here today. As always, I'm your host, Jessica Stipe. I am the Education and Outreach Director for Florida Organic Growers. If you like the information that we're sharing, please log on and share uh, your comments and your thoughts with us. If you'd like more information on this, please reach out so I can connect you with Ryan. I'm sure he'd be glad to share information with you. And as always, we rely on you, our listeners, to provide donations so we can continue to put this podcast out. I thank you guys for listening. And again, like I said, we look for your likes. We look for your comments. Download the podcast and keep listening. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. As many of you already know, FOG is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. We would really appreciate your support. 